Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, you are alive. Okay. Um, okay. We're gonna we're gonna do a couple of things this morning. Um, first of all, we're gonna finish up talking a little bit about some of the things that we were sort of discussing last week, talking about our culture of invitation. Um, this is my last opportunity to convince you that you need to invite as many living, breathing people that you know to Alpha on the 25th of September. And uh, so we've just been talking and thinking about what it means to have a culture of invitation and to be people who are inviting. Tammy's going to help me do that as well this morning. Um, but then we're going to sort of like, we're going to do this kind of weird kind of sermon pause and then we're going to talk about some other things. Um, so you're getting quite a lot for your money this morning. You're kind of getting two of us and potentially two talks. Okay, so we're here for about three. Um, but last week we um, just started talking about this idea of having a culture of invitation. What does it mean for us uh, to be people who are inviting? And we looked at the disciples, we looked at some of Jesus' very first disciples. They encounter him, one or two of them encounter him, and what do they do? They, they immediately invite others in. And so we, we, asked, um, some, we asked three questions last week. I don't expect you to remember them, because you never remember anything I say. So, uh, the first question was... Uh, what are we inviting people to? And I said that, you know, it may feel like we're inviting people to church or we're inviting people to a barbecue or we're inviting people to a connect group or we're inviting people to an alpha launch. But actually, the real reality is we're inviting people to Jesus. We're inviting people to a person. Uh, we're inviting people into an environment, into a place where we believe people can encounter God. And so the invitation is much bigger than come to this nice event or come to this thing that my friends are doing. The invitation is come and see. That's what the disciples said, didn't they? They say, come and see. Come and see this guy. We think we found the Messiah. We think we found the one. And so we said, we asked the question, who are we, invited to? Who are we inviting? We're inviting people to Jesus. And then we talked about why don't we invite, which we're going to kind of pick up a bit more this morning. And then we, we thought a little bit about who are we inviting. And we thought about the different people that we encounter and how they can be in different places. And actually the goal is the one person inviting another. It's not one person inviting another and then saying yes. Okay, it's simply one person inviting another person. The yes bit, as I said last time, is God's bit. You know, it's, it's uh, Paul who plants the seed, it's Apollos who waters it, but it's God who made it grow. And so this idea that we're, we're there to plant seeds and water them, you know, to have some God conversations, to put a few invites out there, but the yes part always belongs to God. And some people we encounter will just say yes, um, because God is already at work. Some people will rip your head off 
and say, get away from me, you freak. Okay? And that's just because where they are in their journey towards Jesus. And so we recognize we're going to encounter people in lots of different places. But the goal is to be invitational, not to get a yes or trick somebody. I wouldn't say, yeah, don't trick anybody. Don't say, come to this thing, it's really good, and then it's church. That's, that's deceit. Okay? Don't do that. Um, be honest. But let the yes be with God. And so the question that we looked at as well last week was this idea, why don't we invite and you, you gave a whole bunch of different answers. But essentially, the reason why we don't invite could be summarised in the fact that we fear rejection. Do you remember that? No, no you don't. You're all lying. Um, and um, we, we were looking at some research by a guy called Michael Harvey, and he um, discovered that even in the most you know, vibrant church cultures. He, he, he went to a particular famous church in Australia, not mentioning any of the names. Um, but what they found was, even in churches like that, eight, 80 to 95% of the people had no intention of inviting anyone ever. So in other words, for every 10 of you in this room, eight to nine and a half of you have no intention of putting into practice what we're talking about. Okay? And that's, that's quite a damning statistic, isn't it? <laughs> that that as, as the church, we carry this fear about being invitational. And so we're trying to move from a culture of fear to a culture of invitation. So fear of rejection. How do we begin to, to deal with that? Romans 12, um, verse 2, it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What I want to kind of just quickly give some words to is this idea that um, when it comes to facing fear when fear is a real reality in our lives, it's a real emotion, often the battleground for fear is where? It's, it's in our minds, isn't it? It's, it's the way we think, the way we approach certain subjects. And so, you know, Jesus said, didn't he, don't be afraid. Remember that? Um, and so if Jesus said, don't be afraid, I think sometimes we can look at that and think, that means I've not got to be afraid. <laughs> yeah, that kind of, we have that kind of mentality. If I try really hard, I won't be afraid. And I, I think Jesus is a little bit more graceful with us than that. And I, I, I actually think that Jesus said, don't be afraid, because he knew there's probably some things that are pretty scary. Um, and so there's probably some things that are going to come our way that aren't comfortable. There's probably going to be some things that come our way that are going to make us feel a little bit out of our comfort zone. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. What does he, what does he caveat that with? Don't be afraid because I am with you. Some of you read your Bible. 
So don't be afraid, because I am with you. That's really good news, isn't it? That's, that's exceptional news. And so how do we begin to deal with the fact that fear, in relationship to being invitational, is a very real reality that, that we all have to deal with? You know, I, I went to the, head, the barbers on Friday, as you can tell, and um, I'm not one of these people who likes the barber to talk to me. Uh, does anybody, uh, anybody agree? Just kind of like, I'm here to get my hair cut, not have your life story. Um, and, um, and so, and so I, I'm totally with, with you. You know, in those situations, the last thing I want to do is invite the barber to church. Um, you know, there's a real fear that rises up in us, doesn't it? We don't, we don't want to do those things. In the Old Testament, there are two words, two Hebrew words um, for, for fear. One is pahad, and the other one is uri. Okay, there's two, two distinct words for fear. So, pahad is fear in the sense of panic. You know, that kind of sense of panic that we feel uh, when something is about to happen. And um, it's that sense of, I am feeling destroyed by this situation. And, and um, you know, if I step out of my comfort zone, I'm probably going to drop dead. It's that kind of idea of fear. Maybe some of you can, can relate to that. But you're right, it's, it, 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 it's, it's slightly different. It's, it's the kind of fear or the kind of sense of feeling that we have when something is about to happen. When we're about to take possession of something that we've longed to see happen. When God does something in a moment. You know, it's that, that sense of, oh, it's going to happen. And so it's a, it's a slightly different feeling, but for some reason, we translate both those words, fear. So, you know, if we're going to feel, feel fear, because we've been reassured of that, you know, that when it comes to being invitational, we're going to feel fear, we're going to fear rejection. We all said it last week. We need to recognise that the battlefield is often in our minds. It might be an emotion that we feel, and there might be different ways that we understand fear. But often the battlefield is, is in our minds. And so how are we going to change our minds? How are we going to reconfigure our minds? One of the ways is to understand that fear is often comes in different ways. It can be that sense of panic or dread. Or it can be that sense of, oh boy, I'm going to risk it all right now and something's going to happen. Has anybody had that feeling? No, none of you. Ah, oh dear. Uh, Pete and Anya got their work cut out. And so, 
And so there is that sense of we, we need to lean into this, but lean into it in a positive way rather than a negative way. That we can't avoid the fear, but let's lean into it the right way. So, Tammy. Sorry, good morning. I don't have much to say. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. Um, but I pretty much thought until recently um, there wasn't much about fear that I didn't know. <laughs> I spent most of my life um, being controlled by fear in one way or another. And it's been a component that has guided me um, and when I sat and listened to some of the teachings of um, Michael Harvey at this recent vineyard event we went to, my brain kind of did a one of those little exploded light bulb moments. Um, the training event was nothing actually to do with <laughs> the fear, but this is what came out of it. And I knew at that point God was doing it something to me. And he said this, um, he said, fear and faith are the same thing. They both believe that something that hasn't happened is going to happen. They're both the same thing. We fear that thing that hasn't happened and it's going to happen. But we also have faith in things that are going to happen and haven't happened. And they are so closely related that I realised I'd given so much more credit to the fear in my life than to the faith. And that, I think, is the big element about fear. We put our faith in it. We just put our faith in the wrong thing. We put our faith, in my uh, instance, in the worst-case scenario and not God's scenario. Um, Steve will probably <laughs> tell you that I'm the queen of worst-case scenarios. If there was, like, a master's, <laughs> I'd have that. I'd be like well up there, um, he can sit down and say, right, this is what I think we're going to do, this is what I think God's saying, and I will list off all the worst case scenarios first before I'm grounded, and, uh, and then I invite God in. Um, uh, in Numbers, Numbers 13, it's, I'm not going to read it actually because we want to give some time to some other things, but basically it's a story, and God is asking Moses to send out some spies, like 12 spies, to go and explore the land of, of Canaan. And so he sends off the spies to go in and explore the land, and all 12 spies come back, and 10 of the spies basically are like, we can't attack those people, they're stronger than us, they're stronger than we are. And then two of them basically say, we should go and take possession of the land, we can certainly do it. One situation, 12 people, two different outcomes, fear and faith. We see the same scenario, but we choose which route we're going to take. And don't get me wrong, because fear is it's a natural thing. We need to have fear because it, it helps us to understand when we're not in a good situation. We were made that way. But I think our fear was established was designed to actually establish our faith and not rule our faith. And what I mean by that is like when we're in a relationship with the Father, our faith is something, it grows, 
It's not something that we just have straight away. And with each kind of little bit of adversity we face, each challenge, if we decide to go through it, our faith grows. And so that we face the next challenge and our faith grows that little bit more. Um, and it's almost like when a baby's born, they're not born with an immune system. Babies have to get ill and they have to have infections in order for their immune system to grow. And I think our faith is just like that. Um, and as Stephen said, um, the phrase in the Bible, don't be afraid for I am with you. That phrase, in this context of what we're talking about, is used 110 times. So I don't think, you know, God just said it once and then hoped that people would remember. He knows that we are going to be afraid. And what has happened is that instead of fear, instead of facing fear and and going into situations that we know will create fear in us, we've created a safety bubble. We've kind of taken the easy route. Oh, actually, probably be a bit easier if we just go around this and do this, and or if we just don't do it at all. And if we aren't afraid, it's because we're just not doing some of the things that God's asking us to do. We need to be a bit afraid. Because if we're not afraid... We're not doing the thing that I say that God's doing, and we're not believing that God is with us if we decide to just not take that route. And it's very subtle. That basically just means there's a breakdown in our relationship with God. And we might not see that because it is so subtle. It's just so subtle deciding not to enter into the fear route. I recently uh, went for some prayer ministry. Um, because I was just like in a part of my relationship with God where it's like, okay God, I see you say these things in the Bible and I really want to get there. I want to get to that point where I can believe that I can do the things you say I can do. You know, I felt like I was being really held back in the kind of next stage of my relationship with God. And actually, that again was fear. Fear, not faith. And one of the things that God spoke to me about during the time was actually that I do believe that God is with me. I really, honestly, heartfelt believe that. But what I was able to see by just spending that time with him and and being guided through that was that actually God was with me, but he was here with me. He was at arm's length. He wasn't here with me. He was here with me. And I discovered that my ever so subtle fear, that the one main thing that we spoke about was fear of rejection, that actually our subtle fears, we place them upon God as well. So my fear of rejection and my fear um, of being rejected in this world was also actually fear of being rejected by God and not trusting that God was with me. And so many things just in that moment clicked into place. And so when this whole thing came up about fear, it was just like, yes, God, that is the question. What are we actually really afraid of that can't be replaced by what God's word says to us? You know, on that big list we made, if you weren't here last week, we had like a flip chart and 
we asked people to look at the reasons why they couldn't invite people to church. Every element of the words, the sentences, had an element of fear. And we just don't even realise how subtle that is and how, how subtle that affects God's plans and relationships in our life. God wants us to be free to experience all that he has for us. And it is my experience that actually the greatest things that God has for us are straight down the path of fear, straight through the curtain of fear. Because it's through that adversity that our faith is growing and our immune system is being developed. And basically when we're saying we're, we're going to be invitational, that's what we're saying. We're saying, who's up for that? Who's up for adversity? Who's up for fear? Because our only answer should be, don't be afraid, for God is with me. Um, and that, that's where I want to, to leave that this morning. So, as I said last time, on the 25th of September, we're going to be doing the biggest invitational thing we've ever done as a church. And we've hired this place there. We can, um, in cabaret style, you know, with tables, dining tables, we can get 200 people in this room. And um, our goal is is that everyone in, in, in our church family would choose to be invitational. Now, if every single one of you chose to invite five people, um, there's a good chance that one of them might say yes, okay? Just maybe, if you pay them. Um, and uh, if, if each one of them said yes, that means we could have 130 guests uh, come to Alpha. And it might be that 50% of those say, yeah, I want to do the Alpha course, Okay. And, and so we just, we, just, we just want you guys to be thinking and praying and just thinking about the people that you know. Thinking, remember last week we talked about people being in different places on a clock face. And some people are at 11 o'clock in their relationship with God. And all they're waiting for is you to be invitational. All they're waiting for is you to say, hey, would you like to come to this thing for me? There's going to be a hog roast, there's going to be some entertainment, and there's a magician, oh, and some weird guy's going to talk about Jesus. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to pray over the summer. We want you to pray as much as you can. And in September when we come back, uh, we're going to do some things building up uh, to that time. Does that sound like a plan? Good. Well done.